Greetings and welcome to Nodcast with Nod founding members Paddy Shine and Chris Haslam. Uh, in the Nodcast, we'll be aiming to speak to members of Nod, past, present, and future, alongside heads from the wider music community and beyond. Nod bless. Uh, Jesse Webb, hello. How are you? All right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Nodcast. Thank you. Yeah, oh no, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> Great to be here. <laughs> so, um, so you boys, you are together, obviously. You are living together in the Nucklough Tavern in Hebden yeah, Bridge. Yeah. Not together, together. So it's yeah. nice to. Well, you know, bad. it's all right. Lads. It's, it's 2023. It's, it's 2023, man. It's, <laughs> it's fine. Two blokes living together, sharing a room. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. I never said there was. It's just um, not, not true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not. <laughs> I'm not yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, Jess, I don't know. Are you, I guess you're aware of the Nodcast and what the aim is, is just to chat to people in the band um who've been part of the band and possibly could be part of the band in the future uh and we're starting with, with the first the first bunch we're going to do is with the people who are presently in the band mm-hmm. and um so i guess it's basically starts like this usually we say tell us a little bit about yourself man and how you got involved tell us a bit about how you got involved in music what's your, what's your background man oh um it's a bit sort of odd really like very just dis- sort of odd bunch of influences when did you Does first it... start playing in a band though like or wanting to play uh in a band? about 15 or 16 yeah yeah. Did you have any background before that in music? Did you learn any musical instruments or anything? Not really. I I I tried to play the tenor horn at school, but I didn't get very far with that. It was it was a bit dry, <laughs> really. I, I yeah, I and it is, what I your lips? Your lips were a bit dry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were like they were like tingling afterwards. Yeah. Uh, you weren't trying to play it. I couldn't you get trying to play it with, with your mouth. Music. What do you say? I said you were trying to play it with your mouth, right? <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry. Uh, bad, bad jokes. Yeah. There was a funny thing, actually. One of the lads had a trombone. A bunch of us started together in this little music room with this old guy. And uh, one of the guys somehow damaged his trombone and he made up a story about how it had been damaged while he was trying to get it repaired. And uh, yeah. it, it wasn't true. He'd made it up and he'd done it himself. <laughs> <laughs> what, to get out of to get out of playing trombone? I can't remember now, but it ended up with him crying oh, in, no. in the, the room and like all of us sat there with like horns and stuff. <laughs> it was really... How old were you? How old were you oh, at this point? Tw- this, I was about 12 or something. Oh. And I was just like, oh, And was this, and so... And so this was before what you you kind of got a lot of a bit of a taste of playing drums or guitar or yeah 
Was it before yeah. your first? Was it before your first uh, drink and before your first spliff? What playing the tenor horn? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine what. Imagine what it band. could have been like. Imagine what it could have been like if you'd all shared a little spliff before you got in there and had a, and <laughs> oh, had a go. God. It would have been mental. It would have been amazing. It would have been like fucking. Um, I don't know, Ornette Coleman and fucking, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, who's had, the other was... guy? Who's the other guy that plays the horn? Miles Davis. Go on. What? No, <laughs> not Miles. The, the guy, guy, the wacky guy the who does that. Uh... Are you stoned? Have <laughs> 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 you had a fucking no. fight before this or No. I haven't, I haven't, no, I haven't smoked a spliff in fucking months, man. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've not drank, I've not smoked a high on the boring, Irish yeah, life. But, yeah, not just high, high on high on high on scones, man. I've got, a, I've, got scones. I've got I've got a scone in the oven at the moment. I've got one eye on the scone and the other eye on the computer screen here. But, but, <laughs> but what was I going to say? So and then so after that, after the horn, what was it that got you? What was the thing that got you wanting to do the music? Because you have a bit of a lineage, don't you? You've got a bit of a family lineage in, in, in music, right? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it was never forced on me as a kid, though. Like, um, my dad yeah. was a musician, uh, but I didn't grow up with him. So that I wasn't really around that. Uh, but yeah. my, my uncle was in a band, my mom's brother. Yeah. Uh, and he he was in like a rhythm and blues band. Like they did like covers, but they were quite a sort of pro band at the time. Okay, so like doing the pub circuit, playing the local boozers and that. No, no, they used to do like um, they used to play at the Albert Hall and stuff like that, and like um, they used to like do wow, okay. weddings and st- like weddings for like Adrian Edmondson and people like that. And cool, who's Adrian Edmondson? You know the guy Vivian out of the young ones. Yeah, no way, fucking yeah. hell! They, they played were... at Vivian's wedding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they, were quite a, they, were, they were quite a pro band. The, the I remember going to see him when I was little. Actually, I did go and see him in a pub. They did play pubs as well, but yeah, they were yeah. quite like they were like they weren't. They didn't sound like a pub band. Okay, um, they were pro. Yeah, yeah. Like um, mm. Clive Deemer cool. was a drummer at one point. Who ended up in Portishead, yeah. and uh, one of the members, a bass player, ended up doing a lot of session work, and they went to America and stuff, and they, you know, did quite well. But it, my uncle oh, was cool. really modest and like quiet, so he never really like wasn't like he was saying a lot about it. But but yeah, um, but I yeah. did see them play a couple of times, and. Mm. Uh, mm. I always liked them. They always seemed like they were having a good time, and and uh, there was always mm. sort of quite cool people at the gigs. And mm. Mm. But, uh, and what about your dad? Come on, uh, tell us. Uh, I'm sure the Nodcast listeners would be interested yeah. to know <laughs> your, uh, what band your dad was in. In the, was it the 60s or the 70s or well, was it all two decades? The same band, but he was in a yeah. blues band called Chicken Shack. Chicken Shack. Yeah, and they had a bit. Did they have a hit or two or what? Yeah, they got into the top ten. Did they have a hit? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they their their main claim to fame is that. Well, he'd actually hate me to say that, but uh, is that the woman out of uh, Fleetwood Mac? Say it. 
McVie. She started yeah. off in, in their band. Wow. And yeah. she, she did. Did the, he go to a funeral? I don't think so. No, no. My uncle was supposed because my uncle, who was in the rhythm and blues band, was also in that band with my dad. But ah, he went, okay. He left after a certain amount of time, but my dad carried yeah, on doing yeah. it for years and years. Okay. Like sort of heavy-handed blues rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you never, uh, you never had a a jam with your dad, like, or you got on the kit with your dad or anything no, like that. No. Uh, no. Um. Has he seen your drum? Yeah, yeah, years and years ago when I first started playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think we supported him once actually yeah. <laughs> when I was in a band with Mike. That was nice. <laughs> that was in Kidderminster in like a wow. nightclub. Yeah. And uh, I remember that the guy that ran the place said we could have like free drinks, and we we really rinsed that. And the bloke looked a bit gutted at the end of the night. <laughs> Just like trays and trays of like points. <laughs> so, uh, what age were you then? Oh, that was a bit later. That was when I was How like old? 21, something like that. 20, 21, 22. Um, yeah. And yeah. did your first, so your first band was that, was that with Mike, with Mike then? Yeah. 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 I did a yeah. couple of other things I, like locally, but that didn't really last. Like, the first band I was yeah. ever in was just like playing covers and we did like two or three gigs maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then and when did Mike when did Mike come on the scene? Because he's a bit of a character. You two are a bit of a a kind of like a, a duo in, in my eyes anyway. Do you know what I mean? Tell us a bit about how you how you met Mike and and uh, and because you guys, you play a bit of music. You play quite a bit of music together, don't you? Yeah, I mean, not so much now because of the distance, but uh, we did yeah. do. I mean, in my twenties, I was in a band with him. Uh, actually, we we learned to play together. So he he had a guitar, and I got a yeah. drum kit. Ah, and there you go. Both that's... learned at the same time. So there you go. That's that's the foundation right there. Then yeah, isn't it? Yeah. You know, that's the foundation. And so, what what's Mike's second name? Kingston. Mike Kingston. That's it. How are you, Mike? I'm sure Mike will be listening to this. Hi, <laughs> Mike. He's probably he's going to be sitting listening to this with his acoustic guitar playing that snooker tune, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he plays that snooker tune well, man. Yeah. What's that? What, what's that snooker tune called? What's I don't know. It, I, don't I know think it's just it. called Snooker Theme. But it was the it okay. was the theme music to when snooker used to be on telly <laughs> in the eighties, seventies, and eighties. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, but he he just played it. He just came out with it on acoustic in this house, and Jesus Christ, I'd never laughed so hard in my life. I could just envision him turning up at an open mic and just, like, knocking it out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just on a loop, just, like, for an hour yeah. or something. Be amazing. Get Steve, Davi- get Steve Davis on the synth and Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. that'd be amazing. Get, get a tw- cover it. Get a 20-minute version, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it might trigger Steve Davis, yeah. you never know. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> Send him off Not, I'd love it. He'd love it. We could do like a B side, but Snooker Loopy, like a remix of Snooker Loopy on the on 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 the B side of it yeah. or something. Like grime, a grime um, version of Snooker Loopy. 
<laughs> so um so that you got you got started with Mike then. So you started on the drum kit then. Yeah. And then and then, and so I mean obviously fucking Kidderminster hasn't really Kidderminster isn't known to be a bit of a hotbed of of music. How long did you guys spend in Kidderminster playing? Uh quite quite too long really. Um like we were based there for years. Yeah. Um yeah. And and what happened then? What well, you left Kidderminster, didn't you? Yeah, and you we, went we, you went to Bristol. The two you went right, to Bristol yeah. together. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I mean we we played up and down the UK for years. Uh but I mean I think Kidderminster was it did used to have a bit of a musical heritage because okay. the, the town hall used to have lots of bands on back in the day. And there was also a place called Frank Freeman's where a lot of bands went to play. It was called Frank Freeman's Dance Club. And uh, Cap, I think Captain Beefheart mm. played there. And when they wow. were, uh, John Peel drove in there and he told Frank, uh, I think Captain Beefheart asked him what the name of the place was. And he said it's Frank Freeman's dance club, and he he thought it was like some psychedelic <laughs> place, you know, like like a San Francisco, like I don't know, yeah, you know, like those kind of mad names that clubs have. Yeah, yeah. And then when they got there, it, it was just a dance club, yeah. like old people like shuffling around and stuff. Yeah. But he recorded that gig on a real tour. Yeah. I think it came out wow. on vinyl for one of those record store days or something, like Captain Beefheart live in Kidderminster. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, wow, he. Rec- I think wow. John Peel recorded it on a reel to reel. Did they call it live in kin- Kidderminster or not? Okay. I think so. Yeah. Freeman Dance Club. <laughs> I'm not sure. You'd have to. It's a mystery trick there. Discogs. It's a way better or... name. But uh, uh, and like the the oh, Stones uh, played at the Town Hall and the Kinks and the Who and all of those people. I think U2 played there at the Town Hall and. And there was another venue called the Market yeah. Tavern that ran for a while, uh, which was next to the cattle market. And uh, that was a bit of a a place to go, like, on Friday nights when school had finished for the weekend. And they had, like, bands like oh, Radiohead played there. And uh, What's your best story from going to see gigs at the Market Tavern? Uh, doing a gig there. Doing a gig there? Yeah, and it was, like, one of the first gigs me and Mike had ever played. And we were really nervous, like sort of never been on stage sort of thing. And we started the first song. I think it was a cover of the Lars Son of a Gun. And it, it almost sounded like it was going backwards. <laughs> we all I started in different places. It was like the worst start to a gig ever. Like, that was, I mean, it's not really very funny, but, but it did happen. Uh, uh, we've all been there. We've all been yeah, there. We yeah. know what that one's like. Because I think uh, so meant- nice. So you, you Go on, Chris. I think you mentioned that venue before. Yeah. You said like the toilets were stinking or something. That's right. Yeah. Notoriously like horrible. Toilets. Yeah. Well, there was a cattle market right next to it. Right. Okay. So you could like hear cattle like braying in the background and stuff <laughs> and, like, when the bands weren't playing. Yeah. And uh, it was a bit of a biker place as well. Uh, cool. Yeah. There's a lot of bikers used to go. Nice. See. So you started off playing covers like by the Lars and stuff yeah. like that. So, so this yeah. are we talking about? We're talking about mid nineties, early nineties, or, yeah, or yeah, what? Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, so that's you're kind of quite heavily influenced by that sort of indie scouser vibe yeah, at that age. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we have a we have a bit of a a kind of a common sort of connection on that, don't we? Because we're both big, uh, well, Laz fans and Mick Head fans. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? So yeah, that kind of songwriting is yeah, it's. It's fucking still to this day. I still sit around on the acoustic guitar playing Laz tunes because yeah, I just love yeah. love singing them and playing them. And so after that, then after your kind of uh, Kidderminster days, you what happened? You you guys ended up you you ended up moving to Bristol, right? Yeah, yeah. We'd been going there anyway, like visiting because we had some friends there. Or we'd yeah. made some friends there through a mutual yeah. friend. Okay. Yeah, we'd we'd already played a few gigs there and liked it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Ah, Okay. Moving there. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't a kind of a case of like, right, well, let's move to Bristol because there's a scene down there. Let's go and do let's go to do the music down there. It wasn't one of those kind of moves. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that was the idea. It was. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Cool. Cool. And what was the what was the Bristol scene like in, at that point? Was was this the mid nineties, the late nineties? No, no, this was like two thousand and three. Ah, okay. What yeah, was the scene like of, down there? Yeah, yeah, good. I mean, it was it was um, it was great. I mean, we had a really good time for the first few years. Like, made loads of friends, and uh, I started going to lots more gigs and stuff, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was just more going on there. It was there's more to sort of yeah. get involved with, obviously. Because what 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 a bigger place? Yeah, and... what was the Bristol music scene then? Band wise, what was going on? Uh, there was like there were different different things really. There was Big Joan, Big Joan. Yeah, yeah, I saw them a couple of times not long after I moved there, and like them, <clears throat> and the Heads as well. Mm. Uh, they they kind of blew my head yeah. a bit when I first saw them. I'd heard about them and that yeah. they didn't play very much. Uh, and uh, went to see them at the Theco the first time, and that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then sort of followed mm-hmm. them around a bit, going to see them play. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of like and dance that- music and DJing going on, and and um, still kind of hanging yeah. over from the nineties. That lots of people on decks, and you know, like going into yeah. clubs and yeah. bars and the kind of being lots of DJs and uh lots of club nights. Uh there was a night called Espionage yeah. that we all used to go to a lot. Um it was like a lot of kind of sixtiesy stuff and soul stuff and uh psych stuff as well. Kind of like a mixture of that kind of thing. And uh Hugo okay. out of the heads used to DJ at that quite a bit and that was the night that we used to play at where before yeah. we moved down we, we played for that night a few times they'd have like a band on at the start of the night and then oh okay thing after and it was and then party like, time on, yeah. on the boat the thecla which was cool and and then there yeah. was the croft as well there was like loads going on in there and all sorts of different bands really um and then then there was like obviously the academy and all of the bands going through there, like the higher tier stuff, you know, like it was easier to go and see like a quite big band just down the road mm. or whatever. And yeah. And so when you were going to see the heads, 
I guess at that time the heads were being released by Rocket Recordings, weren't they? Because Rocket yeah. were a Bristol Bristol based label. That's so at that point, at that time, in, in those days, were you bumping into Chris Reader and Johnny all from Rocket? Were you? Did you know them at that point? Or no, I didn't know. No, I didn't know any of those guys. I didn't really know much about Rocket. It, I, I was just really aware of the heads. Did you know Gareth then? Well, it. I met Gareth working in FOP. I got a job working in the warehouse. All oh, right. Okay. Um, and he just started the Big Naturals with the uh, Sam James on drums at that point. And I'm, I kind of became friendly with him. And then I started going to see the Big Naturals. And Prof out of the head sometimes used to play with them. Mm. And uh, it kind of evolved from there, really, me getting to know them. But actually, Johnny O, I met him nothing to do with music the first few times i met him was through a friend of mine uh through uh nadia who's uh johnny o's wife's sister yeah and i remember meeting him at nadia's okay. wedding um i don't okay. remember meeting chris and johnny till after i was in the big naturals like properly because johnny's okay. came and filmed one of our gigs and he did the artwork to the album we did he used okay. to be a lot, didn't he? Yeah, well? yeah, he yeah. did, yeah, yeah. Um, so was this was this Johnny O like post um Adidas tracksuit Nike Dunk? <laughs> yeah, I never saw him days? in any of that gear. I never yeah, no, I missed out on that. Sure. He was yeah, sensibly okay. dressed. Is this pre or post uh the death of George Harrison? <laughs> <laughs> uh it would have been, we, we all know that it would have been John, post, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, that yeah. that story was. We all know that John. Yeah, we all know it was Johnny O responsible for the death of George Harrison. Yeah. But that's a story that we'll save for when we get Johnny on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe talk we'll, about we'll that. Yeah. all will be revealed. All will be revealed. Yeah. And so tell me, yet. Uh, so, what was the crack with the big naturals? Because. Um, you hooked up with Gareth, and uh, let's just give a bit of background on Gareth because Gareth is also he is like the 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 fucking road guy for the Melvins, isn't he? He's like yeah. heavily involved <laughs> in in being a backline road guy, driver, sort of tour, almost tour manager kind of guy for the Melvins. Yeah, and he, I always remember Gareth because he's the guy who always had the the sickest. Ring, yeah, you know, always had the best, the best gear, and you'd be like, "Fucking wow, like how much fucking gear has this guy got?" And like, yeah, and he's a bit of a beast. He's a beast player, isn't he? He's a yeah, fucking beast yeah. player. So yeah. how how did you how did you end up how did you end up in the big nats with him? Um, well, like I said, I met him at working at FOP. We had like a warehouse job. Uh, I met quite a few people working there. It was a proper shit job. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, the people that ran it were twats, really. But uh, there were a lot of people working there that were like interesting. And uh, Gareth was one of them. And he he'd started the Big Naturals when I started working there. And like I say, I, I went to see him play a few times. And then the other drummer left to form another band. 
and he asked me if I wanted to yeah. do it, and then I started doing it. That was about two thousand and nine, I think. Yeah. All so right, because I saw first time I saw Big Naturals play. Well, the first time I remember seeing the Big Naturals play, which is when I think when I first met you, was at Supernormal Festival two thousand and ten. Yeah. The first yeah. Supernormal Festival. And it was pretty fucking good. It was for a two piece. It was fucking pretty fierce. You know, yeah. I remember it. He had that um, massive amp rig though, which was like mad. He had like about six mm, cabs. Mm. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, it was, I think a lot of it was to do with that sound. Like most and, people couldn't be asked with six cabs, yeah. but being a road. Yeah. Yeah, for the Melvins. It was a fierce, yeah. fierce sound. Like what you do, yeah. Lots <laughs> him in six cabs. I mean, he did get sick of it himself in the end. Yeah, yeah. Like it, uh, yeah. but like I, it. Um, when I when I moved to Bristol, I it, it totally changed my musical outlook really because I, I, having stayed where I did in the Midlands for so long, and uh, my mu musical development was quite slow, really, despite the fact there were people in my yeah. family that played music. I never showed any musical aptitude at all for years and years. It was, and like I say, it was never forced on me. Like, so, and I just used to listen to what was on the radio a lot of the time. My, my stepdad yeah. used to listen to jazz a lot. But I mean, when I was a kid, it was, just sounded mental to me. Yeah. Mum was always yeah. like rolling her eyes every time it was on and stuff. And like, so, and then I started playing with Mike, and you know we evolved sort of quite slowly, really. I suppose we were just young for our yeah. age, I think. But then when I went okay. to Bristol, um, things started to kind. Of, I started to realise that there was like, you know, all these different types of music, and I suppose I started listening to more. I don't know what esoteric sort of music or underground stuff. Yeah, like weird as shit. Yeah, and like I went to New York with a mate of mine as well. Uh, not long after I moved to Bristol, and we went to a, a experimental music night, and that really, really blew me away. Uh, yeah, yeah, cool. And then what was happening? What was happening at that night? Can you remember? It was like it was called No Fun. The event was. Yeah, it was in a big ballroom somewhere in Brooklyn, and uh, it was like uh, Magic Markers played, uh, a band called Double Leopard, uh, and I saw the band that really blew me away was Sudden Infant, which okay, is a guy yeah, called yeah. Joke Lands, who's I think he's Swiss, but he lives in Berlin. Okay, and he had it was him and this lady called uh, Annie Stops, I think her name was. She was in. Um, uh, I forget what KBS was it or something or some experimental band that she was in, but they did this thing together anyway. And she, she had like a completely see-through dress on and she was, she had a megaphone and she was kind of doing vocals through that. And he, he had like a, 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 a toy baby that he kind of put some kind of vocoder thing in that he was holding up to his face and singing, shouting through it. And there was like a strobe light going and everything. And it was like, it, yeah, it was just mad. It was like, but it was really good, you know, like the energy of it. And like, and then that was around the same time I met Gareth and started going to see the heads and going to see the big naturals and seeing bands like Big Joan. And it all kind of came together. Like it was like a sort yeah. of a perfect storm, really. And it just kind yeah. of 
blew my mind a bit really and i started you know gra- gravitating to what wanting to do more adventurous sort of stuff really i suppose whereas cool. the stuff i was doing before was more song orientated mm-hmm. it was more sort of um conventionally structured i suppose and i was starting to get a bit frustrated with that like uh and then all of a sudden like a band like the big naturals i realized that you could you know you didn't have to be constrained by sort of anything really you could just really go for it and create like a mad energy and Mm. it's more to do with like playing how you feel yeah and improvising i suppose on some level yeah yeah and yeah. like like when I remember going to see Comets on Fire at the Thecla, that was a tip off from some one of the lads that worked at FOP. He was like, Oh, there's a sub pop band playing at the Thecla tonight. So I just went and that that really blew me away as well. That was amazing. Um and just seeing stuff like that and mm-hmm. yeah, people like Arm and um I mean I think Gareth was quite influenced by Arm with that big rig he had. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that makes that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, and so, when did you first uh, come across Nod? When, when, when did you first see us play live or come or come come across Nod? I think at that super normal that you mentioned, two uh, thousand and ten. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. you yeah. guys playing. I think that was the first one we played, wasn't it? Yeah, because we we played. Yeah, it was. It was. It. It was the first. It was the first supernormal. Almost like a little wooden church. I don't kind of off to the side. I don't think so. No, I I seem to remember it was on a step. The the stage, you know, like the the. Yeah, it was was on the on the shed stage. We played on the shed. Yeah. Yeah, we played on the shed stage. Right. Yeah. It was the first ever supernormal. You know what? First ever supernormal, I'm making the classic mistake. I'm, I'm making the classic mistake of thinking supersonic when you say supernormal. I do that all the time. When okay. someone's talking yeah, about supernormal, yeah. I'm thinking yeah, supersonic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. But the, and okay. Then, so that's and 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 what, and what did you think? I don't really remember what much did you... about that that gig, but the time that I remember really noticing some it was i think when uh we backed prof for his anthroprof launch gig thing at the shacklewell arms uh, oh yeah 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 and you were doing the sound the <clears throat> sound system set then uh and i think that was 2012 mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And I remember walking yeah. in, and there was just like a strobe light going, and you were all at a trestle trestle tables in a in a row, you know. And I remember thinking, "Fucking oh, what's this?" And uh, yeah, yeah. And then there were we there were thinking the same thing, like um, uh, after that, I seemed to see you a lot. Like there was the the crypt gigs in Bristol. Yeah, we played yeah. Adam yeah. a lot. Yeah, and I think around that time. I remember Big Naturals played with you at the crypt and all the power went off when we played. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that, that one. one. Of the yeah. times. And yeah. that, I think you had the sound system then and Neil was on vocals. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then again, I saw yeah. you at um, uh, 
the some of the those because it was all psych fests, wasn't it? Around two thousand and twelve, yeah, everything was like a psych fest. And there yeah. was the Liverpool psych yeah. fest and the Eindhoven psych fest and those gigs. <laughs> uh, and I just remember, um, it you not really standing out because you kept changing what you were playing all the time. Because I'm sure there was a few times around the time you had the sound system where you also played as a band. They get a bit mixed up. But a, a couple of those psych fests, it was like a yeah. band. And Alex was on drums. Mm. And I think Neil was still on vocals. And and a couple of those times as well, you had Dave McLean on sax. And, yeah, um, yeah. And then we oh, did... Fucking hell, wow. Hold on, let me get this right. We did Eindhoven Psych Fest. Anthroprof played that. And yeah. um, and then we had another couple of gigs together. We There was the one at Magazine Catra, which was the first time I'd played there. Yeah. And then the day after that, there was <clears throat> Worm in Ein, uh, Rotterdam. Yeah. Um, I remember that with the plane seats. Yeah. Ah, okay. That was a really interesting venue, wasn't it? That yeah. Worm place. I bought a video synth. Yeah, I remember the yeah. worm. Yeah, it was called. It's called. It's called the worm, wasn't it? Yeah, the worm yeah, in Rotterdam. Yeah. It was like a bar. Yeah, yeah. A yeah. Library record. Yeah, shop, it had cinema uh, kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah. It had all the modular, all that old modular gear in the back a, room as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Mad which you place. Can hire out and play yeah. on it and stuff. Vintage, yeah. vintage synths. Yeah, but um, yeah. That worm and so did, I mean, I because I. How I remember you, yeah, go on. Well, I was going to say that go Worm on. gig uh, was the one that really blew me away because you did Tony's. <clears throat> uh, and there was not really many people there at that gig, was there? there was, it mm. was weirdly quiet and the, nah. the magazine Catra one. So I kind of, yeah. it was almost like I was sat in that, uh, it was seated and it was almost like sitting in a cinema. And it was yeah. almost like I was just kind of, it was almost like a gig like you were just playing for me. Because <laughs> like, there was literally about four or five other people in there. And you were doing Tony's and Alex was on drums just playing that beat, just that dun, 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 just not yeah. deviating from it at all. And it got really hypnotic and really, and I was just like, this is just, like it, it, it made me feel like what we were doing was really stupid, really. Like just, it was so kind of like, um, I don't know. It just—it was another moment, like going to that no fun thing in Brooklyn, or going to see one of those bands. Where I was just—it totally made me rethink everything I was doing because it was so yeah. simple but powerful and hypnotic. It was like mm. it was just—it just really stood out for me as, as that you you were doing something really different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it it made a big impression on me that did cool. and, and, and there the, was a the funny thing uh, the night before when you played at magazine catra you did tony's that night yeah and it was a really short set i think you only played for like 20 minutes or something and uh because i didn't know any of you really at that point and i remember going up to you chris and saying uh like god that was really short how come you you played for such a short amount of time and you just went, because of that cunt. <laughs> like, talking about Paddy. 
And that was the first, <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing you ever said to me. And I was like, because you all look like a kind of gang, like you know, like. And yeah, I don't know. There's like I felt quite sort of drawn to it because I like that kind of nor- northern music thing anyway. And like I don't know, it's like I was just like fucking all oh, these guys are the real deal. <laughs> I think I said that to Johnny O or Chris Reader. Oh god! I was just yeah, yeah. It's funny. What 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 must have happened? Can you remember what happened? I wonder what happened. I wonder why Mike Four went. Why we? Yeah, I don't recall anything of that that show <laughs> at all. It's fucking hilarious, but yeah, very typical of those days because I was an absolute cunt in those days. <laughs> um, but so I uh, so well, how I remember now, um, me first becoming aware of that you might want to be in Nod or uh, would what like to jam with us was. Um, we were at Malloy's de Fest, maybe in 2013 or sometime around that. And me and you had a conversation. Do you remember, Jesse? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And you said yeah. to me, you, I think you said to me, if you ever need a drummer, give me a shout. I'd love to have a go at it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was yeah? 2016. That... that was. Was it? Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So, years later. So, like three years later. You said that to me, and then I I remembered, yeah, okay, this guy's up for it. So then it was pretty much probably about six months after that, yeah. was it? Six yeah, months yeah. to a year yeah. after that, where uh, it gave you the call to come and uh, to get involved with us. Um, and you came to the mill. Uh, what what was that like? What was your first? What was your what was your first impressions of playing with Nod like when you when you joined up with us? <laughs> well, when I got to the mill, you said, uh, "Oh, you know, come on in, get your stuff out the van. Uh, we just got to have a meeting because we've all got to leave." I think that was like you what when I when I first came up to the mill, like you opened the gates and I drove in, and you said, "Just just get your gear out and sort of make yourself at home. I've got to go to a meeting because I think we've all got to leave." Leave what? Leave the mill. Yeah. 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 Wow. (laughs) It was like, that was like, I was like, okay. Chaos. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, it was amazing. The mill was like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then what we started practicing. Yeah. yeah. What was it like for you starting to to jam? Was coming from playing with Big Nats and then coming and getting involved with Nod? Was was there a big difference? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was more. I mean, it it was strange, really, because you're fitting in with a group of people that have been playing together for a long time. I still didn't really know anyone that well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it was a bit like there was a bit of tension. I, you know, it, it was kind of dysfunctional. I could like in a functional way, like a, most bands are. I could pick up on that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh it wasn't like comfortable back pattern situation at all, you know, it was like uh out of my comfort zone for sure. Like yeah, yeah. uh but it, you know, I thought it sounded really good because we were playing in that uh in the in the bar room, the venue mm-hmm. room. And that that was really nice having a big space to play in. And 
yeah, I thought the music sounded really exciting. It was like it was it was a bit of a buzz, really. It was a bit surreal for me, really, because it was I didn't really expect to end up doing it. Um, and then all of a sudden, it was like happening. Mm. Um, yeah. suppose... we, we were very. We were very busy at that uh, yeah. at that period. We were like super busy. Yeah, a lot of gigs coming up. And I, I, what material were we playing at that point? Was it was it the just say no material? Was yeah. it before yeah. then? Was it it was was it that material? It was. Yeah. So, I think you toured the just say no stuff with John and Danny on drums the year yeah. before, but the yeah. album hadn't come out. And I joined just a few months before that album was being released. And you were doing a, it was like 10th, nod 10th anniversary. Ah, okay. Yeah. Although not, it's not like anyone was making a massive deal about the fact it was that, in, I mean, in the band that it was the 10th anniversary, yeah. but that's kind of what yeah. it was. We had yeah. that Roadburn yeah. show, I think. As yeah, well, yeah. And, but did uh, you play that Roadburn yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. It was going to be two drummers, wasn't it? It was supposed to be me and John playing together, but mm-hmm. John had work commitments that he couldn't get out of, and it was a longer tour, so it ended up being just me on drums with Neil on vocals, Marlene and Alex both playing bass, and you and yeah. Chris on guitars. Yeah, yeah, and okay. Uh, and then we came up with Donovan's daughters out of that. Mm. Ah, yeah. So, so it was that's right. So it would have been twenty seventeen. It was, yeah, post 2017, 2018, because it was post just say no, and then when we we ended up um, touring just say no with you, yeah, and at and at the end of that tour, the the big spring tour of. 2017 we went into the studio in Eindhoven with Bob and we did uh, Chapel Perilous yeah yeah am I right yeah yeah, yeah. and we uh, yeah because, yeah it would have been that period yeah okay well so you you got you you came in and basically got thrust straight into pretty hectic hectic schedule really yeah you know what I mean it's pretty because we were we were gigging a lot and also we were writing a lot. So you had to learn an album or learn a bunch of material from an album that we we'd recorded with two and drums. previously toured, but with two yeah, with two drummers. And then you had to come and basically write another album on the spot. I think we had two tunes, right? Going into yeah. the Chapel yeah. Perilous session. <clears throat> I think we had we had Uncle Frank and we had Donovan's daughters. Yeah. Which is like together, together they're like a half an hour's worth of music anyway, and then we had to fill and write another forty minutes or another half an hour's worth of music that we just pretty much improvised and wrote on the spot, um, which was fun because I remember we at at that session in Eindhoven where we were just like, okay, what what can we do? And we went to that metal uh, metal workshop next to the studio and got a load of stuff off the guy who was a load of like whatever scrap metal and shit and we started setting it up and recording with it and you were like playing playing percussion with scrap metal and writing beats on the fly on the spot 
it was a pretty good it's pretty good little sesh wasn't it yeah yeah it was yeah. how was that for you yeah did did you feel overwhelmed at any point or did you feel like you've you'd you did you feel like you fit in were you did you feel like you were welcomed into the band pretty well I, I didn't feel like I fitted in to start with no and I was proper rabbit in the yeah. headlights I think I had imposter syndrome really okay um, okay and I yeah, I was a bit, there was a few, not not so much at that recording session, That I enjoyed that, but on that tour, there was a few moments where I was like, oh, I don't know whether I'm, I'm the right person to be doing this. Uh, Why? Well, because, because of things like little things going wrong on stage, or I started to get quite bad stage fright and be really, like, scared before I was going on. And, like, mm. I think it was, like, bigger gigs as well than I was used to. Okay. Or, or they yeah. like, or like, yeah. maybe they were the same gigs, but we'd be on at the end of the night rather than in the afternoon or something. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it was like I don't know. I just felt more pressure playing in Nod than I had done in any other band. Yeah. And the other, the other thing yeah. that I didn't like at the time, but actually was probably really good for me, was that I wasn't used to anyone really commenting on anything I was playing. In in yeah, the yeah. previous bands I'd been in before we'd all just kind of play and nobody would really it say anything. But I yeah. noticed in Nod, everyone was really, really listening hard to what the drummer was playing. Uh, so it was, in some ways, it was more focused. And uh, But there were, I think there were like fundamentals that I was, I'd, I'd, I think I'd got into a comfort zone with what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I think with Nod, it kind of like forced me out of that, uh, which was sort of painful at times. And I, I felt mm-hmm. like I was letting everyone down as well. I thought, you know, like I'm in this band and they're doing, you know, decent gigs and stuff. And now they've got a following and they're really cool and everything. And I'm I'm letting everyone down by not, you know, so th- I did feel a lot of pressure yeah. and, and uh, yeah. um classic also, classic imposter syndrome yeah and also you had also i was an absolute egomaniac and I, i'm pretty <laughs> sure i was on your back a lot yeah probably yeah. giving you a lot, of, a lot of grief well i mean uh, that's, this is uh, the thing with the focus time. on the drummer you know i wasn't used to that like yeah getting any feedback yeah, yeah. about what i was playing was that the tour where you see birthday okay. during the tour as well yeah yeah. There was some odd <laughs> energy going on. Like, like yeah. Go on, tell the story. Tell the story. So yeah, there was a we one of the songs kind of fell apart at one point. It, but what gig was it? It was it was, a, it, it was, it was a fucking Austria. sweet gig though. It was a, yeah, it was in Austria. Yeah. What was um, that festival called? In Utero. No, it wasn't in Utero. I can't remember the name of the festival. It was a good festival, and mm. Horse Lords played before us right, on our yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah. And, and they were fucking wicked, and they were really, yeah. really nice lads as well. Really yeah, good, good yeah. lads. Um, I can't remember the name of the festival, but yeah. So anyway, we did a gig, and the gig was fucking sweet. The gig was yeah. really good. <laughs> and uh, but there was there was something something went awry for a few seconds at one point, right at the start of the gig, and then we played the whole gig. And like at the end of it, you said to the audience, "Oh, it's uh, the drummer's birthday today," and you you made them sing 
happy birthday to me or asked them. Did I? I don't remember that bit. I don't remember that. And they did. And as soon as they finished, you turned around and went, what the fuck were you doing? Like, it was was such a weird one. It was like a really nice thing followed by a really horrible thing. Like, yeah, I was just like, I was gutted, man. Yeah. Where's my fucking, where was my fucking head at, man? Where was my head at? What a cunt. And and there was, there was the Roadburn gig as well, where instead of clicking my sticks together to start, Uncle Frank's. <laughs> I shouted one, two, three instead, and it caught. Everyone oh no! Up. And then, and then you, yeah. you were just facing me with your back to the crowd, just shaking your head at me and just muttering, mouthing obscenities. At you. <laughs> and I just, I just thought, oh fuck! Like, and then we had a big <laughs> argument after that, after that gig, and I was shouting, yeah. and you, were, yeah, it was like, and I thought, I'm never, you know, I'm never going to get through this tour, let alone like anything else. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Ah. So it was. It was. It was a bit fraught at times. But yeah. then another thing that I'd say on my part is that I was very used to being quite passive aggressive if I was in a mood about something. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I'd got it into this habit that no one had corrected me on of just if I was pissed off about something, I'd usually sulk until the other person would say, "Oh, you know what's wrong," and I'd normally go, "Nothing." You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But in Nod, everyone was, and and a lot of you know, I'd I'd been around a lot of people like that in the past, and that was like normal to me in jobs and bands and all kinds of different situations. And yeah. uh, in Nod, there wasn't any of that. It was just everyone was just direct. Yeah, and it, it, yeah. I wasn't used to that because it you weren't playing yeah. my game. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, you know, and that sort of thing is always painful at the time. But when yeah. I look back on it, I'm glad that, you know, I, I needed a bit of a, it, some of it was a bit harsh, but I did need a bit of a, a kick up the ass, I reckon, yeah. around that uh, time. And so you see, it was like a good, like learning, growing experience for you, that that period. It was, yeah, it really was. Yeah. Like, it really yeah. was. Like, I, yeah. it, it, it was more than just joining a band. It was like, yeah. um, it was like a, joining a cult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it sounds really cheesy doesn't it saying that oh it was more than joining a band but it kind of was uh, it was a big deal i don't think like... so uh, i don't think it's cheesy i mean uh, for me i can say that was a big learning experience for me as well that that period of not those few years because i don't think i was very happy in myself and it was reflected on how my relationships with my friends and the people i played music with and how I would try and control them or be really aggressive and and a bit and you know just being a bit of a twat it was more of a reflection on like just the fact that I wasn't very happy with myself and you talk about imposter syndrome I, I think I had a bit of imposter syndrome in, in myself you know what I mean like yeah yeah uh, imposter syndrome within my own fucking skin you know yeah, yeah uh, co- I mean, combine them with combine them with loads of alcohol loads of drugs no sleep uh just like bit of you know uh, you know i can look back in that period and go i'm surprised nobody fucking knocked me out i'm really surprised that nobody just fucking sparked me out well there was like, one there was how, one how, time how i got away with it there was one time around that period i think where i pretty much left the band like a couple of times Oh, right. Yeah, I remember that. I do remember. I was that. just yeah, like, I can't yeah. fucking do this anymore. You know, it's not happening. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I think we were arguing a lot during that yeah. time as well. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. 
I, I think I was fairly miserable, really, but just not not talking about it, not showing it. And it was manifesting in this kind of like egocentric, kind of aggressive control freak because I just wasn't capable of talking about how, how miserable I was at that time. So it was just manifesting in a very strange way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But but that takes me, that's one of the great things about Nod is it is a lot like a family in regards to like, we've gone through this stuff and like seeing the best and worst sides of each other and got through it and like been able and eventually be able to talk about it. So like we're, we're at a point now where we can really openly talk about stuff and, and kind of laugh at our, uh, at, the, at, the, at these things that at the time seemed really heavy and really, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely really nasty. But we can laugh at them and say, like, well, Jesus Christ, like, where where the fuck was my head at then? Like, you know, I'm a completely different person to, now to what I was then. I'm sure we can also say that about ourselves. Yeah, and yeah. like that's, I think that's a really good, interesting thing about Nod. It's it through all of that, you know, a, a lot of the members would say that maybe past members, some wouldn't. And some would have maybe some grievances, but I do think, all in all, it was a bit of a family environment. If anybody did get does or did get down too far in the dumps, people were there to support them and help them, no matter how much ego was going on in the building or whatever. It was. I, I feel like it. We're very lucky bunch of people to, for that reason. Yeah, like for for me, for me, you being in the band, Jesse, is like I can't now really imagine what a nod would be like if you weren't part of it. Do you know what I mean? Oh wow! So, so like it's um, it feels like a family unit now, uh, and a family unit has to go through a load of bullshit. It has yeah. to. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I think I just yeah, it it was just intense that that period was, um. I just remember it being really, really intense. But then at the end of it, when we had the Chapel Perilous thing came out, I was, yeah. I really loved it because it all seemed to feed into it and it seemed to, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, it was just yeah. a bit more, um, it was just different to what I was used to, really. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I, you know, you were saying, you didn't feel very happy in yourself and stuff. And, yeah. you know, I was probably feeling the same at the time, which is probably why we butted heads so much. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I like, think so. I think, and, you know, yeah. I had it come in really that, that, that date with Nod that like, yeah. it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was always like, I kind of, cause when I, you know, first joined, I, I did, I don't know what I thought I was expecting. Yeah. It was way different and much more harder than I thought it would be. I'd mm-hmm. sort of forgotten that maybe doing something like that could be hard and difficult. And and I think if it hadn't been that way, it wouldn't have been as good, really. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. I didn't like it at the time. Like I resented yeah. it. But in the end, it, it sort of did me good, really, because it yeah. it sort of it it sort of reined me in a bit. I think a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and I needed yeah. that at the time. Yeah. So and was... like at that time as well, like we were fucking so busy because just say no had had come out. That was getting a fair bit of a buzz, 
and it was like kind of after the electronic period we'd released one album the mirror which was like going back to the band stuff and then just saying oh is this kind of like very different beast than anything nod had ever done and it, it went a bit viral due to the title and to what was happening in the world politically and this kind of stuff so all of a sudden we became a very I don't want to put paint too big a picture of it or make it out to be too big a thing, but we became a little bit with the with the album title and 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 the sleeve and everything, it and the way the things were in politics, we became a little bit of a kind of like a a, a symbol for something for a kind of a political movement or or something, and we started to get loads of gigs booked on a kind of not not only because of that, but it was a, a part of that 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 movement. And I just remember we had so many fucking gigs. And it was the year that we did the residency at Roeburn. So we had four fucking shows at Roeburn in the middle of a like a, a fucking five-week tour or something. So it was pretty hectic. It was pretty full-on. And I do remember kind of feeling a bit of pressure uh, doing the Roeburn because obviously you want to pl- blow them away and you want to give them you know they've put faith in you to do this four-day residency you want it all to just be amazing and to blow people away and to blow yourself away and to, to so i do remember that time being like i don't know if i want to use the word stressful but i guess in a way it kind of was it was um you know there was a little bit of pressure um and yeah and like you say i i had a fair bit of imposter going on because I think at that time I was kind of struggling kind of with the guitar a bit as well and just being like what what the fuck what why do I why do I play guitar I don't even know how to play it I just tune all the strings up to the same fucking note and fucking hit it as hard as I can hoping for the fucking best you know I was like really not in in that in that much of a a, that much of a good place really you know uh, with it but but that was just a period. That was just a period of time. Like you know, not much has changed with my my guitar skills. But I don't give a fuck now. But, um, but yeah. So that was quite a hectic period. And then like, so that was 2017. And you've been so you joined us in 2016. So you've been with us what like what's that now? Six years, seventeen. So pretty much six years. Yeah, feels longer. It feels like you've been with us longer, man. Yeah. 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 And, and do you think that um tend to have that effect on people <laughs> yeah <laughs> just wearing I, I, you down like, like. Yeah. i mean so you you do feel like being a part of nod has helped you grow as a musician and even as as a as a person yeah you would, would sure. you say I would yeah. Say that. yeah yeah and i was kind of hoping that i'd get the opportunity to kind of get that across yeah yeah uh in this if this was going to come to anything which I have not. What's it? I'm going to go. The, the Nodcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you said your bit now. Yeah. That's all I got. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, and what? And, uh, um, so fucking hell. Let me just get my brain together here now. So, w- what was your, so far out of like everything we've done? And we, I know we've done a fucking lot, right? What's your, what's your highlight of, of being in the band so far? What's 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 your your favorite your most memorable bit? When Rakes was sick out the window, <laughs> <laughs> driving to uh, driving to Brighton. 
Yeah. Was it Brighton? Yeah. No, it was fucking. He wasn't driving, by the way. Yeah, yeah. What? No, it was fucking. Uh... <laughs> no, where were we, we going there? Yeah. That other mad place down south where we stayed with that lovely couple. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, um, I, I, what what that, gig was it? I, I forget now. Fucking hell. A couple of times, hasn't it? Yeah, I can't remember what gig it was. I, I, should, have right. asked him, I should have asked him the last podcast. Yeah. Rakes, when would you say Calamundo? It was the gig where we got we got it was the gig where we got to that town. Um without going into too many details. We got to that town and we invited somebody to the gig who owned a boozer in the town. And the fact that we invited him to the gig was a bit controversial over some oh, yeah. shit that had happened in the town. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Ram, Ramsgate must have been then, or Margate. Oh, what's the Margate. name of the fucking town, man? There's not that many. Margate. Ra- Ramsgate. Yeah, it was, was it Ramsgate. Maybe it was Margate. Yeah, it was Margate. Yeah. <laughs> no, Ramsgate is that. <laughs> Ramsgate is that really sweet little venue. That that really really lovely venue that we played. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, uh, but it was the Margate show where, yeah, there was we got in. in we got we got roped into some bullshit that was happening between people in the town. Some guy owned a bar. There was some shit going down with him. Nobody liked him being at the gig. And then we ended up going to his bar after the show. Do you remember? Yeah. He said, come yeah. up to the bar. We'll have a whiskey or what after the show. And we said, come on, we'll go up to the, your man's bar and we'll have a fucking whiskey. And we all had a fucking load of shrooms. And it was getting pretty shroomy walking up to the bar. And then we got into the bar and I thought it was going to be nice and quiet and we were going to get to sit down and have a whiskey. And we got up there and it was fucking rammed full of fucking heads dancing to fucking Fleetwood The Mac. Chain by fucking Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> and we all were tripping balls with all of our rucksacks and that. And we joined in. And I remember like stepping into the bar and it went like slow mo slow motion. It went slow motion and we had all our rucksacks and we were just like watching all these people like miming to the chain. Yeah, yeah. And I remember like Alex, I remember Alex McCart's face. He just, all the blood drained from his face. And I'd never seen Alex McCart crumble. And this was the, I think it was the first time I ever seen him crumble. And he fucking crumbled. And I, I grabbed him and I says, come here, we are all right, man. We'll go to the bar, man. We'll go up to the bar. <laughs> We're going to get a few free drinks off this cunt at the bar. That's right, yeah. And uh, we got up to the bar. We got up to the bar and your man gave us a bunch of gin and tonics or whatever. Yeah. And we started drinking them. And then we were like, wait a minute, there's no fucking gin in this drink. There's no fucking booze in it. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, I do, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, my, my, I have a bit of a, I have a frosty re- recollection of it, and then um, I, I, I just remember. Was, um, we, I, I don't know. Did we kick off? Did, did we leave? I can't remember. I think we just but, left. Uh, that was the 2021 November tour, wasn't it? Yeah. Where everyone got COVID after it. That I was. It was a COVID tour. I reckon yeah, we all yeah, caught it, it in that ve- fucking venue. Because that's why it was so. Packed. No, I. The lot. No, I just been lifted, man. Yeah, I remember when we I remember when we caught COVID, man. I remember it. It was whatever I mean, we didn't go get the symptoms for till the the day we woke up after the last show. But I remember we were in Leeds and there was a young lad there and he made a massive joint after the show and we were all set outside and this joint got passed around. Yeah. And I remember having a having a puff on the joint and being like 
yeah, that's COVID. That is definitely <laughs> yeah, COVID yeah. right there. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that that was the moment. And then we had two shows, and every, we were all fine up until the fucking the 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 day after the last show yeah. when we all woke up and we were like, hmm, something's not fucking right here. Because obviously the body as well. If you think about it, we were ramped up. We hadn't short. We hadn't fucking gigged in two years or whatever, nearly two years. Our, our adrenaline was fucking buzzing. The shows were absolutely fucking flying. So mm. our bodies and minds were in that mode of like fucking just on it, on it, on it. So the day after the last show, it makes sense that when we're kind of relaxing and chilling, there's no yeah. gigs left. The adrenaline has gone down. Once the adrenaline leaves the body, that's when the sickness takes over, isn't it? So, yeah. 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 Anyhow, we just went on a rant there. What the fuck were we even talking about? Yeah, we'll get a coat for COVID nineteen information. Please follow this link at the bottom of the podcast. (laughs) You say anymore? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But there's there's been many highlights, really. You know, there's several gigs that. Oh yeah, go on then. (laughs) Well, that one at Gorilla with Faust was good. When all of the barriers got passed, That that was really good. Yeah. And he had that. That was hilarious. Going and he was showering me and like. Spax. Yeah. Just sort of like, yeah. That was a really good gig. Yeah. That was yeah. like a dream come true, really, for me, that gig, playing with Faust in yeah, that yeah. kind of, in that setting with yeah, that madness cool. going on. It, it was like, it was like a surreal moment for me as somebody who'd been to see Faust and as 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 a to then all of a sudden to be a part of it yeah. and be in, in the energy of it like fucking hell lads we're lucky bastards really do you yeah. know what I mean getting to fucking play with those with those heads Jean Hervé and Zappi fucking hell hilarious motherfuckers like in their in their 70s smashing it out like it's fucking yeah. nobody's business like what yeah. an, what an inspiration you know what an inspiration and the rock so, um, gig was really good Rocket 20 gig was amazing. That was a really good one. Like, mm-hmm. and just, I, yeah, I remember I re- that, that show we did in Austria. Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, I remember after that show, that show in Austria, because that was a sweet gig. But I remember, I think I don't usually pay much attention to if somebody from an, somebody from another band gives us a compliment, you know, except for maybe for me, like Jean Hervé or Zappi or. You know, people who you you know they say you should never meet your heroes or whatever. But you remember after the Austria gig, it was somebody from um, what's that band? Einsters and the Neubatten. They were they were, yeah, they were playing that night. And one of one of the lads from Neubatten came up to us backstage after the show, and he was just like, "Fucking hell, that was fucking that was amazing." And uh, you know, I remember being like, "Oh." Oh, all right, yeah, fucking cheers, man. You know, like yeah, sometimes you take compliment for somebody, don't you? And the ego goes up a bit, but at the same time, it's it's like a little bit of fuel to the fire, isn't it? It just it just pushes you a bit harder, pushes you a bit on. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Well, you get a Maybe compliment. I shouldn't be admitting this on a podcast, like you get a compliment off a legend like that, and it just yeah, it just gives you more uh, confidence that you're on the right track with it all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just nice to hear that, isn't it, from somebody yeah. who's been in the game for so long? You know what I mean? Um, go on then. So, go on. T- tell us some more stuff, Jesse. <laughs> Can I just say we've got eight minutes left? Eight minutes. Okay, yeah. eight minutes. We'll try and wrap it up within yeah. the next eight minutes. Yeah. 
Because we could talk for ages, couldn't we? Yeah. We could yeah. talk for ages. Because you're quite good. You're quite good at remembering stuff, Jesse. So uh, yeah. and we could pull. We could pull so many fucking stories out of you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll yeah. we'll have a we'll have a part two. We'll have a part yeah. two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but what one thing I wanted to mention before we fuck off is during the Nod era for you, you also released a solo record as the Final Age. Yeah. So that must have been a massive process for you too recording that record getting all the musicians together doing everything yourself for it i mean was that something that was in the pipeline before you even started playing with nod or was that something that came around whilst you were in nod or or what it was uh i started it before i was in nod and finished it yeah. during that first year i was in nod yeah, yeah. i was already doing it before yeah okay yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good record. Got released on Rocket, didn't it? No, no, uh, Cardinal Fuzz. That was Cardinal Fuzz, yeah. Yeah, Dave okay. Cambridge. It yeah. was Cardinal Fuzz. Yeah, really... yeah. yeah. Um, and it did really well, right? It fucking yeah. you sold them all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. did a couple of shows, right? Just like two Just shows. The one. Just the one, because it wasn't really, it wasn't really a band thing. But uh, yeah. Alex, who puts on Astral Festival, asked if I'd do a gig, so. I did do, yeah. And, uh, I did record and that, that went... up, but uh, then all the COVID thing happened, and and uh, and then I moved up here, so yeah, um, it didn't really. Get so, I, so, so you're working on a new Final Age album? I am, and uh, yeah. actually, I've been working on it this week. I've I've had it knocking around for ages. I've had bits and pieces, and I've been really slow doing it. I I shelved it for a while completely. Yeah. But I've actually started um, working on it uh, since after Christmas, and I'm trying to trying to finish it. I'm definitely going to finish it this year. And I don't know. I'd right. just put That's it on Bandcamp, you know. Or, um, yeah. Do some yeah. CDs and take them to the gigs. Yeah, that's the way, man. Yeah, that's the way. Yeah. Unless unless somebody wants to put it out for you, you never know. Yeah. Cardinal Fuzz might want to stick it out for you again, or yeah. I know yeah. he's. Um, I know. He, last time I spoke to Dave, I've not spoken to him recently, but he was struggling a bit with all of the uh, because of the shipping rates to Europe now. And ah, uh, yeah, it's a fucking nightmare, man. Yeah. yeah. And uh, huh. the other drawback for a label is it's not really a band, so there's nothing really to promote. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But but, but it'll be out in some, get, some yeah. form or other. Uh, I, I I will. Yeah. I will finish another one. Yeah. <laughs> but eventually cool cool yeah and and uh how long have we got left now chris what's it saying five minutes so um so you moved up north from bristol yeah was that was that mainly because of being in nod or was it also because you you needed to get out of bristol I mean, what what was not the driving force behind that music? Drive the driving force, or was it um, also like a a need a need for a change, or what? Both, really. I, I yeah. was going to move anyway because I'd just been in Bristol for such a long time. Uh, yeah, you know, just just as simple as that, really. I just needed to yeah. change. Yeah, and you you love it. Yeah, the fact that uh, not a based up here was certainly you know ha handy. Like, and and I, I like the north anyways. Yeah. I've always wanted to live up north, yeah. and never have done. So I am now. Yeah. So, you no know, no regrets then. You're loving it. 
No regrets, no, not at all. No, I, I, I am. Yeah, it's great up here. I really like it. Cool, cool. And we've got this interesting setup with this tavern that's yep. going pretty well at the moment. So, yeah, yeah, nice. It's sort of changed quite a bit in the short time I've been here. Yeah, a fairly short time. Great. Yeah, it's great. It's a great spot. Excellent. Well, that's good. It's good to know. Yeah, it's all going well, and you're all doing well. And I guess, like, the last thing for me to say uh, is, um, you know, thank you so much, Jesse, for being uh, a friend and a part of the band and sticking with it, even when it was really hard for you, when when it was whatever, when it was shit times. <laughs> and, like, yeah, I really, 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 really appreciate your... Uh, your input into the band and appreciate you as a friend. Uh, uh, we have a good laugh, don't we? So, uh, and I appreciate your your dry sense of humour, which I really hope to get a little <laughs> bit more of that in part two when we do yeah, part yeah. two when you I'll start to, getting your stories yeah. up. Yeah, I'll have to start making a list of, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, stuff to bring up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice one. Man. And yeah, yeah. yeah. The, thank you, thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great fun. Yeah, thank good you. Story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was a good one nice cool. one jesse okay yeah yeah thank you both as well no worries yeah. Yeah. Easy. look after yourselves boys yeah, yeah. see you later see you later Bye. slon slon <laughs>